The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe you say that all the time with your whole heart, the Lord is good. All right, before we take our seats, can we just quickly declare the word of understanding? One, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. God will give you understanding today again in Jesus' name. Amen. Increase has come to you. Comfort, peace of mind. As a result of revelation. As a result of no insight, revelation, knowledge in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's take our seats. The Lord is good. As you are doing that, greet somebody on your left and on your right. Make them feel welcome. All right, school of prayer. We're learning how to pray. You know, I noticed that after Jesus left, one thing that the disciples gave themselves to day and night was prayer. Paul said we must be devoted to prayer. It's very important that we learn how to pray or we learn to do these things properly, the matter of prayer. And that's what I've been teaching in the school of prayer again and again so that we know how exactly we are to pray effective prayer. The fact that we open our mouths to speak do not guarantee or does not guarantee that the prayers are effective. That's what the Bible calls vain repetitions. Sometimes people pray and the Bible says the, the prayers are vain. You understand what I'm saying? So, so that we will not have vain prayers we must pray according to the will of God. And that's why we're looking at the issue of agreement in prayer this time around. Now let me just remind us of it again. James said the prayer of faith is effective. It will save the sick. All right? Now, the prayer of faith, you know, when we're younger believers those days, they taught us as if the prayer of faith is the one you pray once and you don't repeat yourself. Repeat the requests. But having grown, we said, no, that's not exactly what James was saying. So sometimes we want to classify prayer. Say there's a prayer of agreement. And there's a prayer of intercession. And there's a prayer of petition. Prayer of thanksgiving. Then we say there's a prayer of faith. You understand? So prayer of faith is one you pray by yourself and all of that. Okay? And then you just believe that you have received. That was the impression we're given. You know? When we studied again, say, no, it can't, it can't possibly have been like that. Okay? That was not what James was saying. All these prayers I give examples, all right, of right now, they are all prayers of faith. Any prayer that's not of faith is ineffective. So if it's a prayer of intercession, it must be of faith. If it's a prayer of agreement, it must be of faith. If it's a prayer of petition, supplication, you know, no matter what it is, it must be of faith. Please, let's bear that in mind. Now, when we say prayer of faith, what is the other types of prayer in that context? What are the other types in that particular context? The other types are prayers of unbelief, yes. Do <laughs> you understand? The opposite of prayer of faith is prayer of unbelief, prayer of doubt. These are the prayers that don't receive anything. For example, if a double-minded man is praying, it's a prayer of unbelief. It will not receive from God. You know, we are taught that. James taught us that clearly. If we are praying prayers motivated by strife, it's a prayer of unbelief. If we are praying prayers motivated by the lust of the flesh, 
the pride of life. James taught us, if you ask as so as to spend on your loss, you don't receive. That prayer is ineffective. So that's a prayer of unbelief again, as opposed to the prayer of faith. The prayer of faith is any prayer that is backed by faith. It can be of intercession, it can be of petition, it can be of supplication, it can be of anything. So it's not as if the prayer of faith is a particular type. All Christian prayers are prayers of faith. Sometimes Christians get into prayers that are unbelieving prayers. And that's what James was warning against. Now, what is faith? What is faith? Now, we are talking about prayer of agreement now, and I've explained something. I explained that there are three levels in which you you, um, agree. Can you remember? Number one, agree with God. Number two, you agree with yourself. I mean, is it possible for a man to disagree with himself? Very, very possible. The Bible calls it what? Double-mindedness. So, prayer of faith is when our prayers are based on what God has revealed. I feel like just saying it simply again. No matter how tempted you are about something, don't lock onto anything that's not revealed in the Word of God. Are you getting my point? For example, every time you lie down to sleep, you're a single man, there's a particular sister you dream of. You like her very much. You like her so much that you, you are even sure I like her with you. Your friends like her with you. you don't, if not to anybody, but you can feel all of them are in agreement. Then when you pray, the Holy Spirit bore witness with your spirit that this is the will of God. There was a day you were down. You were not happy. Your candidate just lost presidential election. That's if she just knew. She just called you. And said, she... How are you feeling this morning? I had you on my mind and I've been praying for you all night. And I said, let me just check on you. How are you doing? Say, I'm fine. Thank you very much, sister. And you hung the phone and you began to worship. <laughs> are you getting my point? See how serious this leading is. Alright, all the leaders of the spirit, everything just ties. Resist the temptation to ask God to let her agree to marry you. Why? She's not in the word of God. All we have said is what do you think? God may have, <laughs> have placed that there to prevent you from dying of depression. Then when you have been lifted, God moves out to another place. <laughs> you never can tell. I mean, are you, I mean, she gave you hope for life. Thinking of her every day, God knew that that's the only way you survive this trying time of your life. Then by the time you have recovered fully, you know, your business has picked up. You know, you have settled. You've gone to rent a decent four-bedroom flat, thinking of her. Now that you have a flat to call your own, God now takes her. And I say, can I? Ah, I'm traveling next, next week. Where are you going? I'm going to Zimbabwe. When are you coming back? No, I'm not going to come back for a long time because um, actually I'm, I'm getting married a week after I reach there. <laughs> oh, no. Don't worry. God knows that you are safe. You won't die now. <laughs> he has given you other things. To give you encouragement. Seriously, it happens like that. What am I saying of these things? Praying in faith, you can't ask what is not written. Because if you do, you will begin to doubt somewhere along the line. When, we see, when the Bible says, praying accordance with his will, and that when we do that, he hears us. What it means is that there are things that he has revealed. For example, let's take our nation as an example, which is going through this election period. There is no person's name written in any page of the Bible. No matter the Hebrew code you want to use to decode it. Have you seen some of those things? 
And they make me laugh. I don't believe a word of them. They say there's a code inside the Bible you can use to know when Jesus is coming back. Have you heard that thing before? Yes, how to use, you know, Hebrew, there's a way they write the code. Uh, John, you've heard of them? Yes. When you hear such things, let me tell you how stupid it is. Jesus said that no man knows. How can you, mortal, you know, common Hebrew man, have a way to decode what Jesus said he does not know? Who you be? No, that's how you know some of those things don't make sense. Said that if you know how to read the Hebrew code, you turn a left to Zephyr, you turn those things upside down, you look closely. That one, a video, a film, Hollywood. You now see the face of Jesus and the date of his coming inside the scriptures. The Bible says clearly that that one, he kept to himself. He didn't reveal it to anybody. So no matter who has taught you a code, that is a way to know that that guy's code is faulty. Like the other day, they told me that Google said <laughs> that dollar is 184. It was good everywhere, so my son showed it to me. They said dollar is 184. I said it's not possible. Dollar normally hangs between 350 and 360-something. He said, he naturally to me on his phone, where he and his friend had Googled up on, on Google. I said, that's what they call AI. Artificial idiocy. <laughs> Are there any intelligent person who know that dollar is not 180? So sometimes it's one of those codes, very wrongly written codes. Spiritual idiocy. Because if you want to know something that Jesus does not know, if, I, if they tell you, you should, you, you should reject the knowledge. He said, bros, or God said, you don't know this one. How me, I will come now. The disciple is not greater than the master. The disciple, when he has become fully trained, will be like the master. How can I not, now know what my master does not know? I hope you're getting my point here. I described that love story of Shay so that, <laughs> so that you, I, I, I deliberately did that to show a conviction a man can have, yet it does not make it the will of God until it comes to pass. I told my wife something those days when we were planning to get married. I said, after they, they finished the, I said, I'll tell you something on our wedding day. It's something I crammed from Ed Cole. Ed Cole, when he's doing marriage seminars, he will tell couples to stand up and the man will face his wife and say, and the woman will face her husband and say, I love you, you are God's gift to me. So I told my wife, I'm going to tell her something. She was waiting for something very powerful. You know, that's all. <laughs> So as soon as they said, I, I pronounce you man and wife, I pulled her closer and whispered it to her. Why are you just saying it now? I said, well, I didn't believe it until today. That I wasn't sure of it. I wasn't sure of it. Why? You like the girl, of course, most certainly. You believe she was the will of God. I thought so. I'm telling you the truth. Christians, you know what the Bible calls the will of God. And what you hold on to tenaciously. I said, I thought so. Yes. One brother asked me, I told the story in the book, should I say yes? He said, did God speak to you about the, the, the woman you marry? I said, yes, he did. He said, how did he say it? He wanted to learn how to hear the voice of God. Please, if you have not read the book, Guided by the Spirit, make it an assignment and read it. Christians are too confused as to what they call the will of God. Please, go and read the book, Guided by the Spirit. I told the brother that day, he said, how did, how did God speak to you? He wanted me to tell him, how I was praying, and the heavens opened, and a giant sheet descended with four corners. And then the Lord said, Vanky, arise, kill and eat. And I saw in the center was a woman. <laughs> That's what he was expecting to hear. I answered him simply. 
I said, the officiating priest said, I pronounce you man and wife. Like what? I said, yes, that's when I found out it was the will of God. Before that time, uncle, <laughs> we're just hoping it to be the will of God. We're trying. So once they said, I pronounce you man and wife, I said that was a prophetic word, confirming this is the will of God. Ah, so, uh, how are you sure? Sure of what? The only prayer I prayed to God before that is that I will never marry out of his will. And until I marry, I'm not sure of his will. I know what I'm telling you and I'm not kidding about it. As people killed themselves before, one day one of my friends was telling me a story of one brother he met when he was walking the north that time. He said this brother is engaged to somebody. That for all he knows that this girl has never given him joy of any sort. Anytime they are talking, is complain, 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 complain. Every single time is grumbling and complaining. So I asked him what you will expect, of course. So why is this team, what does this team want to marry her? He said, he said that he believes it's the will of God. You know, some people, they are what the Bible calls, you know, sorry, not the Bible, I wanted to say. You know what the world calls glutons for punishment? They think Christianity is hard. If it's not painful, it's not for your God. So if you marry the woman you like, it's not of God. You have to marry the one you don't like. It's a sacrifice. That, 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 that's what they think. If it's not painful, it's not of God. So is the offering paying you? No. Heaven is not hearing it. The only offering that heaven hears is the one that pains you. That David said, I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. So if, you want, if what you give this morning, what you put in that envelope, is not painful to you, heaven will not respond. And so one of our brothers here, where is Nduka? He said, the priest that Nduka, Nduka said, okay, the only thing that can pay me is a python skin, <laughs> which I hunted myself. And I've dressed the skin. He said, because money can never pay me. So the guy carried it. You know this? You know some Nigerians behave like they are white. You know some people that do funny things like bird watching. Have ever seen black people do bird watching? So in both men, usually women, they will buy binoculars, big ones, and go somewhere and be watching birds. <laughs> Say, what's your hobby? I'm a bird watcher. <laughs> yeah, you now see them on National Geographic. Have you ever seen a black person? <laughs> Inside the jungle or diving, looking for rare sea monsters. Black man. <laughs> I'm not serious. <laughs> we have other troubles in this life. <laughs> They're the ones that gather snake skin. That's what I'm talking about. I didn't know when Nduka went and joined them. Nduka with the pursue snake. Anyway, so the pastor, they don't know what they say. Give God what pains you. Give God what pains you. Now Nduka carry snake skin on. <laughs> Put inside offering basket. When ushers open <laughs> Yeah, this is not an African church. <laughs> we bind you in the name of Jesus. That is what they will do to your offering. When they open, they say, oh, brother, what is with this? He said, Pastor, say, give what pains you. He said, money can never pain me. This one is paining me because I don't know when else I will send on that python to catch. <laughs> the Lord is good. 
That's how we do our Christianity sometimes. We're looking for what to just give us trouble. Let me just say something to you. I'm not saying Christianity is always easy. I'm not saying that. But the people that are doing things that they are doing, I always say that to them is not foolish. You that's doing what you are doing, to you is not painful. It's reasonable. I don't know whether you're getting my point. We are not glutons for punishment. No. What we are doing is reasonable to us. Many years ago when my friends were traveling or everybody relocating out of the country, do you know the truth? I was not tempted for, I've never been tempted for half a second. Ne- half a second temptation has never done me in that area. And I was as broke as a, as a, as a typical young Nigerian could be. I was in my 20s, just finishing NYSE. I was broke too. But I was not tempted one slightest bit. I wasn't making a sacrifice to obey God. You know? You are sacrificing for God. No, when they told Paul, you will suffer there. He said, I'm not only ready to suffer, I'm ready to die. I hope you're getting my point. First time I heard of American visa lottery. First time. A friend of mine came and said, there's this thing Americans do. So we went to the U- U- um, went to the U.S. Embassy that time, one information service they had on the island. He said, let's go and find out. So we went to find out, we to apply. Then I found out that if you applied and you win, in fact, the people there, they had never heard of it. We're the one that came to tell them that the U.S. Embassy is doing something. He said they were not aware. But later on, it was just fresh, new. So later on, when I got information, they said, if you win, you have to travel. And that's why I abandoned the project. I said, I thought it was something you could win. In the correct visa, anytime you want to travel, you will be traveled. They said, no, they will give you visa to travel. Then you will not stay there for six months. They now process your permanent residency. I said, so? They said, yes. That's why I forgot the idea. One day, my younger brother was used to do business. You know, snapping people, uploading. They were doing, you know, young men now, pass out business. So we went home that time. So now I said, let him do for my wife. After a while, I told my wife that well, since you are married, the law is that we have to put your husband's information and his photo too. They now came to me to snap picture. I said, have you never heard that it is written? What you don't want to eat, you don't sniff. <laughs> it's not written anywhere, I'm just telling you. <laughs> An African proverb. <laughs> see, what a man does not want to eat, he doesn't sniff it. So let me see this your pancake. And you don't eat pancakes, so. So I just want to sniff it. You have you are the leaders not into temptation. This one, you are leading yourself into temptation. The Lord is good. Now, what I'm going to say is that, just as an example to let you also understand that. So, no matter how difficult the country was that time, for me, it was not painful what I was doing. I didn't have money to go anywhere. I used to sit in my house all the time. But it was not painful. I wasn't punishing myself for God. I didn't want to go to where everybody was going. I felt some things were more important in life. And I, it's like, it's, look, it's like salt. After a while, you, you acclimatize to the amount of salt in your food. That's how environments are also. And you get there, road, 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 when you get there, so after six months, you, not, you won't notice the road is good anymore. You now notice the other problems of life. Now, so life be. So wherever God places you, solve your problem on a daily basis. Anywhere you locate to, you've just changed the problem. You have not changed life. You've just changed the kind of problems that you are solving. That's all. Now, I'm, please, you know, I went into that. Trying to say something. So the will of God doesn't mean that the thing is painful. No. Somebody asked me, said, so what? I said, so how did you know your wife was the will of God? I said, well, I, I liked her. Any other thing? No. 
I said, that's a, read the book. I said, I married the girl I liked. And she agreed. It's not, it wasn't by force. You like the girl, you walk, you understand? You call her, you send gifts at birthday, you speak English, you know, you write poems. <laughs> Don't just go to her front. Thus says the Lord. <laughs> that's not the idea. And I compiled music. Listen, my wife is walking on the road. She has earphones in her ears. You think she's listening to the word of God? No. It's music I compiled. I know the title of the first cassette. There was cassettes. Know the title? Songs of Solomon. That's it. I feel, ah, the songs are coming back to me. I feel like singing them. <laughs> Do you want to be in love forever? Say you be my baby. Ah. Oh, you, you think all I've added is we worship you, Lord. I, I, we sang those songs. You think when I say, I say, when I come into thy presence. That, that one has his own. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Talking about the will of God, how is it? But, what was the will of God? He said, you, you married the girl you liked. Yes. The question you ask is, what kind of girl do you like? I've read my book. That, that segment titled, God is the Matchmaker. I give three things inside there. That's what decided it. If you fitted that, of course, only God knows the heart of people. We leave the rest to him. That was why we left it in the last one. Because I trusted him so much that whatever he has to do, he would do to make sure I don't do it wrongly. It's just, it's trust. And that's why I told my wife that time, that in that season, that don't worry, there's something I will tell you. I learned it from Ed Cole. So finally, when they say, when they said, I pronounce you man and wife, <laughs> now we are sure. This is God's will. So the brother asked me, how did you know? I said, the officiating minister said, I pronounce you man and wife. But what can we hold on to? And which if we hold on to it, a matter of faith, is what is written. Take a nation like this, our election. All right? You are disappointed somebody lost. It did, I was, you know, okay. There must have been a personal, small feeling like, ah, I like this person, you know, or, you know, that kind of thing. But I went to vote. Don't get me wrong. I went to vote. I stood on the line. I was accredited. And I did the casting of ballots. I did. Did my candidate for president win? It's besides the point. By the time I was living there, <laughs> even before that time, I knew that it would not shake me one bit. Because I never mentioned anybody's name in prayer. Not even in my heart did I stylishly pray for the person. No. Some of the greatest advances that Christ has had in Nigeria, alright, some of them were done by some of the most unpopular heads of states. So as a matter of fact, some of the greatest advances that God has made in this nation, alright, some of them were made by people that were extremely unpopular. So Christians should be careful. And that's why every time we prayed, I see people shouting, collect your PVC, it's your weapon. There are things Christians you don't see. The weapons of our warfare are not cardy. <laughs> yes, they are not cards. They are not carnal. Thank God the Bible uses the word carnal. They are not cards. They are mighty through God. And that's how I want to pray. We agree with him first. 
Because our weapons are mighty through him. How do we pray the will of God is simple. Find out what he has written. For example, how do you pray for a good husband or a good wife? You don't pray some very foolish prayers. See, let me tell you, there are desires you have, you shouldn't even pray them. You know, Jesus said other things are added. Things that are added doesn't like discussing. He asks them the way he wants. For example, you want, as in mind, you want to pray. I want my wife to be very fine. An angel will slap you. Guaranteed. Your toothache, that's what started it. Why? You are disobeying scriptures. Why? He said, charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. How can you come to God? And he said, what do you want this morning? He said, Lord, I want vanity. Bless me with vanity. As I wake up, I want to see vanity all around. Vanity in front, vanity behind. In the name of Jesus. If you were God, what would you do to you? Say, Lord, give me a husband. That is rich. When an angel gives you, you know what they call, you know, knock. Come! That's why your migraine began. Is the day you were praying, Lord, give me a husband that has a lot of money. We are proving to the Jesus we are praying through that you don't believe what he said. He did not say a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. It doesn't mean that God doesn't do such things. Just, just, I don't want to discuss them. When you come, show that you are a, you are a good son. You are a good child. You are well trained. You no, know, show you are well trained. You come to me to kneel down and make requests. Make requests that let me know that you are worthy of being given to somebody as a wife or giving somebody to you as, a, as, as your wife. Talk, talk like that. Let me know you have sense in your head. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. Angela's wedding, you saw the cake. <laughs> ah, Father God, did you see that gown? Bam, gown. Says, so, I'm sowing a seed for my gown. Some pastors say, God will beat them. There's no way he won't flog people. Under your watch, people are say, giving some testimony. You didn't personally beat them. There's some testimony. There are things you do. People just get up. Ah, that day I just, that, 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 um, that uh, miracle night, I knew it was my season. I brought a special seed. And I said, Lord, this is for the magnificent wedding ceremony. If I'm, you know, presiding over a meeting like that, at that point in time, I would tell the guy, the, uh, the, I tell the usher, collect that mic for me. Just collect the mic for me. You think they want to change it? They want to change you. It's not the mic they're changing. You go and see them. Find out serious testimonies. Yes. I mean, when you're talking to them, let him know that you're reasoning maturely. These things were recorded. The Bible says for what? Our learning. Learn what uh, the things that... When Solomon came, he asked something. That was what was the will of God for him. Pray like that too. I found out that when Jesus said... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He meant it. He said, don't come praying, what shall we eat? He said, these are the things that the Gentiles you know, make their major prayer points. Do you know, today Christians still gather, and those are our major prayer points. And we'll call it breakthrough night. We'll arrange breakthrough night, and that's our prayer point. If you want increase, your financial level must move. This new year, you are moving to a new financial level. Lord, I will not be hungry anymore. I will be there the whole night. They now say, ah, that church, they can pray. One day I asked, I met one sister. I, I met her, you know, in any long ago. So I now traveled somewhere to go and minister. Then somebody wanted to see me. 
And we make long story short. I, I didn't let the person come in. Oh, now you, we talked. So which one do you go to? You know, just this thing. Not only the church he goes to. I said, ah, Tori Kini. Why? <laughs> he said, they make me pray. I said, yeah, that's not making you pray. Because after you go to church, it's not all my enemies. Die, die, die. You call that prayer. I just, I said, how can you say they make you pray? You know, how can somebody go to church and say, ah, that church, I like them. They make me pray. Ha, I was like, they're not making you pray. They are confusing your soul. They are removing confidence. Anything uncle gave you to eat, today you will vomit it. All the uncles in the house. Ah, when they went to preach, he can say that night, he wasn't feeling like sleeping as usual. No, he hardly feels sleeping at night. <laughs> so he sat there, I was watching television. I said, this child, let me even check what they are, what they are, what they are preaching. He said, after one hour, he said, anybody watches this person can't be normal. That nobody going to the church can be normal. That you'll be suspicious of people. One day, <laughs> one of my wife's relatives saw another relative. <laughs> and said, ah, let's just assume that girl's name is uh, Edna. It's not Edna, I'm just calling Edna. It's not you, I'm just calling Edna. Say, Edna, how now? Long time. Where are you now? Say, you can't know where I am. You people can't know where I am. <laughs> Now I just say, okay, I don't want to know where you are. I'm going my way. That is what church has done to somebody's mind. Your own cousin is greeting you. I say, ah, oh boy, long time. Where are you now? You say, where I am. How does it concern you? You cannot know where I am. I'm hitting the heavenly place. I'm not Jesus. You can't know where I am. One of these, you know, that time, you know, I was telling you about, the, you know, you have to talk to the woman, write poem. So when I was in those poeming, poeming things those days, I had this neighbor. A lady, so I, I, I wanted to go and buy a ring, you know, just buy a gift for my wife and all of that. So I said, okay, I don't know this thing. So I went and begged her. I said, please, can you just follow me to the market? You know this deal I told you about? And I said, she knows. I want to go and see the young woman. So it's not good to just go like that. So she said, okay, let's go. Went to the market too. I just want her to be in front and be helping me. Bank, this one is good. This one is not good. This one they sell it. Don't let them cheat you. That kind of thing. So as we were there, one woman was trying to watch something. And make it also short. She flicked her hand. Um, you know, just water, water, water. The thing splashed. She said, Banky, let's go. They are splashing water. <laughs> I said, let's go where? <laughs> we have not bought the thing we came to buy. <laughs> said, this one, they're already splashing water. I don't know. Water. Oh, mo- Water. Has gone to church, they've learned to pray. That, no, I'm serious. That was where it began from. That was where it began from. They had gone to church, they had learned to pray. Every power that's attached to you because it splashed water on your body. Today, it will not stay. We are vomiting it today. That day, Yinka said he watched that thing on television. The man of God said, You will ask God, reveal to me the story of my life. <laughs> and really, when you hear that, now you follow by 20 stories. There was one girl. There was one boy. Things were not moving on well for her. Then she prayed, God, reveal to me the story of my life. They now found out that the mother was actually formerly the wife of the brother to the father. And then when the father wanted to collect the mother, he tied something 
and hung it under one tree in their village. When we went there and we broke it power and we cut the thing down, that was deliverance. God revealed to me the story of my life. There was another man. His business was not moving well. They now found out that building where he rented, when they wanted to do the foundation, they fought and kept people over the land. And the hand of that man was buried under the foundation. Because, he, ah, God revealed. So what did he do? We had to dig the foundation and bring out the hand. In case after some time, just made up his mind. Nobody going to this church can be normal. They can't be normal. That's why you want to travel. Then, your neighbors must not know. Because there was one man. He told his neighbors, bye-bye. He did not know that they collect voices of bias. And the two bias. <laughs> and on the road, the witches went and blocked their vehicle. Thank God for deliverance prayer. Only two of them died. The rest are still alive because we prayed. God, if you told me the neighbors that I have. If you're like that, eh? and you came here today, God has delivered you. Amen. But you have to first repent and say, God, from today I will not pray foolish prayers again. Any prayer I don't see in the Bible, I won't pray it. I'm telling you. A lot of times Christians are, oh, they are, you know, they're just occupied with foolish prayers. Prayers that have no meaning. And they say they make me pray. I'm not lying to you. Telling the truth, I have never. In fact, my children, when they come here, it's the only time they hear funny prayers like this. They've never heard it for where? They've never. When they pray in the morning, the last one we're praying, I said, let's start studying the life of Jesus. So we read Luke chapter 1, we read about John. So we picked a number of points. John was given an assignment. God said, Zachariah, this is what the boy would do. He would do this, he would do this. So reconcile the father to the I said, so, I want to finish reading. Prayer point for today. God help me to fulfill the reason why you sent me to the earth. That's the prayer point. They've never had any power trying to destroy me. They've never had it. They don't know such prayers are prayed. If you ask my children to pray, is Father, we thank you for waking us up this morning. We thank you for putting food on our table. We thank you for giving us... A, they will thank, they will thank, oh... That's the only thing they've heard. If you try to pray for today, as we are going out, you will be with us in our going out and in our coming in. I don't think my children know there are witches in this life. The only thing they know about Satan is that he's a tempter. I like him to that. We're talking about prayer of faith, right? Yes, that's how I'm going to do that. The prayer of faith, I was saying, is things that are written. You can have desires. But it's not the prayer of faith that you lock on that desire. No. You don't come to God and say, I want a rich husband. No. You don't ask him for such things. You don't. What do you ask for? Lord, give me a man that's going somewhere in life. A man of purpose. A man of wisdom. A man that loves you. A man who I can be confident in his taking leadership in my life. No one who will have to be querying everything that he says. Give me a man I can respect his words. Any man you don't respect his words, please don't marry him. Let me just want you single people. Better to be single. I marry a man that if he says good morning, you go and check outside. <laughs> so what are you looking outside? Whether the sun really true to don't rise? No. It's not about money. It's about somebody commanding respect. Ability to lead. What I'm telling you is a matter of fact. It's the kind of prayers you pray to God. I'll be getting the point. Then if he decides to give you a man that has plenty of money, that is his own issue to solve. After all, you are not a beggar, you are a giver. You are a giver. You have an anointing. You pull divine resources everywhere you go. 
As you look at yourself like that, oh boy, you marry me, you are blessed. These were not smooth before. Now I have come. Smoothness has come. Because God will have, look, you go and check, the Bible says that when we're talking about the woman who gives her life to Christ and the, the husband has not believed, you know, or vice versa, you remember that story? He said the children are sanctified by one parent's faith. Now that tells you something. One person in a home can draw a blessing into that place. And God always looks for a reason to bless people. Yes, he does. He will look for a reason. Say this guy in, in himself, his blessing level, he never click. He never, he never hit. It's a spiritual thing. So let me give him somebody who I can lock the two blessings that they will amplify. It's a spiritual thing. So after they are married, then suddenly things start opening up for them. Doors start opening. It's, you know, it's, 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 it's not Christianity we're trying to marry a man who is made. It's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. So what Bible calls the wife of thy youth? That is, <laughs> you are part of the reasons why the man is prospering in life. God said, this guy, were it not for you, I, I would have just left him somewhere. But now that you have married him, you have invoked a blessing. You have brought a blessing into his life. That's our daughters of Zion reason. They have this blessed mentality. Blessed mentality. What am I talking about, Mara? You know, let me stay there, sweet. <laughs> and then please, don't ever be afraid. Don't want to marry a man or a woman because he or she has responsibilities. You want to marry an irresponsible one. That's the direct opposite. What is wrong with her? Ah, she's a firstborn. No? She's a good girl, very, very good girl. Hardworking, very respectful, love the Lord. Good girl. But she's a firstborn. So what's wrong with a firstborn? Ah, you don't know. It means he has five younger ones. And her father is late. So, ah, I never get my own picker. They train other people picking. That's a poverty, poverty mentality reasoning. That's how poor people reason. No, that's how they reason. They don't know it's a blessing. It's more blessed to give. It's more ble- you are more blessed. You are a more blessed person. The man, the woman that has responsibilities is the one that is more blessed. I've heard funny teachings. Like, don't build a house on your father. It's a curse. Very funny teachings. Say, ah, if you help people too much, ah, oh, oh, let's leave that one. Let me even leave that one out. That's not even important. The one I've heard a lot, I just say, you don't believe anything. Say, my father didn't have money because he was helping people. <laughs> have you heard that thing before? Yes. Tell the person that you obviously don't believe in God. You obviously, there is no man who becomes poor because he's helping people. There is none on the earth. The only ones that become poor are the foolish ones. It's not because they're helping people. They are people that, that those who have never helped anybody, they are still poor. Am I lying? They've never helped anybody, they are perpetually broke. And it's part of the reasons why they are broke. Because God loves a cheerful giver. The righteous man scatters. That, as a matter of fact, the one that scatters is blessed. The giver is always blessed. So anybody tells that the reason my father he didn't do it because he was helping people, the person is lying. You don't know the truth. Those who help people are blessed people. And the blessing will manifest, you will see it. Some people think that some, some people are giving up because they have plenty. It's not true. If you are not a giver, eh? listen, giving is not whether you have or you don't have. Are you getting my point? So you see a rich man that just giving, giving. He was giving before he became rich. There are people richer than him that are not giving as much as he's giving. And nothing that before. You know, when you have so many responses, that's why you can't make investments for your future. 
Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. Total rubbish and nonsense. Then anything you lay down the earth, the moth can destroy and things can break in and steal. So if you said this man was wise, the investor for the future is not true. If you don't have a blessing, spiritual blessing, sustaining your material investment, it will die off. Please don't be fooled by all those things you read in books. So, travel keys to financial planning for the future. When I read some of those things, I said, God, please don't bless me like this. It's not good. No, don't use this kind of blessing. I've read books. I, I didn't read this book, but I know what's inside. The Millionaire Next Door. Have you read that book? Oh, it's one of these financial planning books. I said, God, if that's how you want to make people millionaires, you know I don't want to be a millionaire. How you will live below your income for 25 years. Why you are stacking up money in banks, in investments, in stock market, in gold and everything. And at the end of 30 years, you now look at your net worth. You find out that you are now a millionaire. That's what you call being a millionaire. Please leave me the way I am. Say, Lord, baby, don't bless me like that. That's not the way I want to be blessed in this life. You know what the Bible says? The blessing of God makes rich. That's what I need. The blessing of God. That's what is called the blessing of God. I don't know. I'm not, that's not my preaching. Please, let me see. It's not my preaching. So that is why you can never... It's stupid to refuse to marry a man or a woman because the fellow has responsibilities. And many people don't believe. That's the problem. If they really believe, there are things they won't do. That we just saw... You know, opportunity to be blessed. You say, I don't like it. Look, as believers, we must have a giving mindset. Always trying to give. That is a, is a mindset. You know, I was studying my, the book of Acts this morning, you know. And something just dawned on me. I was in the story of Cornelius again. And I said, Cornelius, people say arms. You know, he gave and all of that and all of that. So that today you will give and then God, there will be a memorial in heaven for what you are giving. Lie. Listen. Cornelius did not, nobody told him to come and give one day so that you have memorial in heaven. Go ahead. The Bible said the man did two things. One, he prayed continually. What I'm bringing out here, eh? I want to emphasize that word, continually. He prayed continually and he helped people continually. Those are the two things about the life of Cornelius. It was continuous. It was something he did as a habit. And that's what Christians must learn. So that everyone have to make marriage decisions. They're still thinking of Continual giving. Continual being a blessing. I know what I'm talking about. Too. The prayer of faith. Is that not so? Yes. So prayer of faith. <laughs> I want to pray God. I'm asking for a wife. I'm asking for a husband. I don't ask for things that other people are knowing after. I say, Lord, I want my husband to be very, very rich. So anytime you come. So Father God, I receive it by faith. And you're not going to hear. You're not going to You'll be in church. Under some pastors that don't even know what they are preaching. They just read it from book and they came to repeat it to you that once you believe God for something, start working like it. If you want to be a millionaire, you think like a millionaire. You stop wearing cheap shirts. You buy the kind of shirts that millionaires buy. Amen. I mean, millionaire shirt cannot be 2005. Come on. A millionaire shirt is 25,000 there. You look your salary, you look the shirt. You look the pastor. <laughs> and uh, people now go and buy the shirts. Why? You dress like a millionaire. You dress like the place you are going to. Have you seen those things before? Yes. I hope you know those things are not scripture. Not the word of God. No. It's against the law of contentment. Contentment, my friend will say, 
is knowing where you are currently and living like you are there. If you are a shepherd, don't buy a chariot. It's a waste of money. <laughs> Do you get my point? Don't buy a chariot. If you have to pay for the shed three times, it's too big. It's not your size. It's not your size. Shed three times. It's not your size. Lie, lie. I don't care whether you're going to be a billionaire. It's not your size today. So anyway, the point I'm making is this. Listen. Don't buy any shed that's bigger than your size. If you have to pay three times for a shed, it's not your size. Tell your neighbor it's not your size. It's not your size. It's not. If it's the cheapest one I have to pay three times to, then don't buy a shed at all. So what will I wear? Simple now. Say, bro, when it's gleaning season, remember me. Is that not covetousness? It's not covetousness. You must know the laws of God. The Bible makes it clear that if you don't have something, go to the field of the fellow that has. When he has used his portion, collect the rest. That's one way you save money. Don't be proud. Are you getting my point? Yes. Now, let me sit on my marriage matter. So some people, they want to be living like where they are going. So when one bro will now come and greet them. Sister Edna, how are you? I'm fine. No, they are checking. The weather is parked outside. Thank you. After Bible study, they want to escort me. You're escorting me. Your mates are carrying people. You're escorting me. <laughs> Honestly, you don't know what God is doing to your future with that kind of thing. <laughs> no, not God. Satan. Satan is confusing you. Honestly, I'm not, I know what I'm telling you. Because the pastor told you that, no, right now, you receive it by faith. You know that, Father, in the name of Jesus, the man that wants to have marry me has a Bentley. Okay. I know the truth. If, you, if your faith is very strong, that your Buju faith, if it's really strong, eventually you will get a man that has a Bentley. You will. But let me tell you the truth. The Bible said what? He gave them meat after their what? Lost. And then sent what? Leanness to their soul. After one year, you will want to come out of that marriage. God will say, no, you're not going anywhere. That's what angels. Lock the door. Let she go. You must stay there. Say, Lord, please deliver. And say, no. You want a Bentley? Drive a Bentley. That's how God behaves. Praying by faith is what we're talking about. It's what he has written. What should I pray for concerning a husband? Lord, the man who together we can do your will. You said you will make for Adam a help that is suited for him. It's a man of purpose. And how do you know a man that is suited for you? Let, well, now, this is my own theory. Okay? But I think it works. Listen to him talk. He will provoke something inside your soul. I, I don't know how to explain it. When he starts talking, it doesn't have to be a man of many words. I don't mean talk like a... Uh, Oh, Angelina, the moment I saw you, your face was looking like that. No, no, that's not what I mean. 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 That one are toast. Are you getting my point? What did I say? That's toast. And they are toasting you. That's not what I mean. Anybody can go and cram uh, all, the, all these boys. That are, uh, not even Shakespeare. David Doe can give them rhyme. You know, they will use for you. That's not what I mean. I mean, just talking normally about life. Not talking about you. Talking about life. Talking about God, talking about future, the future, talking about destiny, just, talk, just talking generally. Just, you, you know, something inside your soul moves. I know that, no, I can follow this man somewhere. That's what we're talking about. No, it's when you are so self-centered. I said, the moment, ah, you know, he remembers me, or my bed, he remembers to call. That's self-centeredness. And that's why many women are deceived. Yes, self-centeredness will open you for deception. The Lord is good. So prayer of faith. <laughs> so, why am I doing this today? I'm supposed to go somewhere. Anyway, so prayer of faith. 
Is prayer prayed according to that which we have discovered from scriptures? That's what prayer of faith is. It is not true that you go and put a picture of the kind of car you want on the wall. That is not true. It's not true. You know, let me say something. Say, people, people may have testimonies. You must know the way these spiritual things work. Somebody with a testimony does not substitute for what is written in scriptures. No. Somebody, I put it on my wall, and within five years I had it. Or within six months it came. Please leave that thing. You didn't see anybody do it like that in the Bible. The only thing you're allowed to put on your wall as believers in Christ Jesus is what? The word of God. He said you will make it penetrate into your heart. Anything you lay, you don't want to forget. Write it and paste it on your wall. So when you are passing there, you will read it. I meditate in the law, in the law of the Lord day and night. I prosper in all that I do. I'm like a tree planted by the rivers. Are you getting my point? You've read Psalm 1. You write it down. Paste that one on your wall. I'm not afraid of tomorrow. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Write that one. Put it on your wall. He makes all grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things. I abound to every good work. Write it on your wall. I do not trust in the uncertainty of riches, but my hope is in God, who gives us all things to enjoy. Write it on your wall. Write that. And don't worry about drawing something that's based on what your neighbor has on your wall. God can bring to you what nobody on earth currently knows exists. That's what I understand. How would Adam have drawn Eve on his wall? Has he ever seen Eve? He has never seen an Eve. There was no Eve before that first one. There are things that God will do in your life and you will be the first. So you couldn't have drawn it ahead of time. One thing I understand from experience now, even though we always knew from the word of God, is that God actually plans intricately the details of our lives. He does. It's whether we can allow him. Each day what he does is to give us what to do for each day. He gives us an assignment for each day. He gives us the opportunity to use our gifts each day. He gives us the opportunity to be a blessing to somebody each day. Look, God will not leave you idle. Really, he won't. He will not always give you what you like to do, but he will not leave you idle. He won't. He may not always give you what he would like to do, but he won't leave you idle. He will give you an opportunity. Two things will mark those opportunities. One, a gift you have to use it. Two, simply to be a blessing. It may not look like it's a gift you have. They just say, please, oh, these young boys and young girls, they're always hanging around when there's nothing happening. You know, Can you just be teaching them? You don't feel like you are gifted to teach or handle young children. But nobody else will do it. So it's okay, the teenagers between, okay, or children between the age of 11 and 14, they put them together. So somebody who helps us handle them, you know, maybe a church you belong to, they have a program. Okay, fine, I can handle it. For many of us, that is how we discover the gift of God in our lives. Someone will just give you the opportunity to do something. And you just start doing it. You never felt gifted in that area, but you are responsible. Just being a responsible person, you discover a lot of things in life. God will not leave you idle. He'll give you those two things. And while he's doing that, he's planning your future. He's planning your future. He's planning your future. I was telling my children, I said, look, okay, we're talking about John the Baptist. That John the Baptist was sent to prepare the people to receive the Lord when he will come. So we, we took a lesson from that. And what lesson we took from it, that life has stages, there's a stage of preparation. So I now said, look, I told them, I said, listen, you are in school now, because they're in secondary school. 
I'm secondary school these days, eh? Hey, I don't know whether it's university or. The number of subjects they are doing is more than the courses many people are doing in university. Have you noticed it? So those ones in GS1 to GS3. Is it 19 or 20? Yes. 14? 14 is GS3. I'm t- 21, I'm telling you. GS1 to GS3. They do 19, 20, 21 subjects. One day I saw my son. I felt no compassion rules. <laughs> I compassion. When do you come back from school? He said 5.30. They close at 5. What are you doing? Say so he has assignment. So you see the hand is writing. The boy's spirit has gone somewhere else. So don't drop it. Have you had your bath? No. Have you eaten? No. Drop the book. Drop the book now. As they look you so, drop the book. I'm more compassionate than their mother. I'm the compassionate one. <laughs> their mother believes that you must finish that work. Me, I believe that this is not university. Their mother said, no, they must finish the work. I said, why? She said, they will mark, they will, they will, they will fail if they don't submit the assignment. I said, so if they fail, what will not happen? <laughs> no, there are some things that, thank God God gave them a mother left to me. They won't do. Say said, their note is not complete. I said, why did I pay for a textbook? <laughs> and I still believe it till today. No, I have not changed my mind though. Look. Let me not go there. If you know the kind of person I am, thank God for their mother. He said they will fill them in notes. For me, it's, listen, I don't care what they are writing in your results. It's what is in your head that's concerning me. If you like, feel from GS1 to SS2. <laughs> <laughs> I have my own issues there. The Lord is good. <laughs> what is the amount of what they are doing? Now? Just look. Okay. They should start giving these children BSC secondary. <laughs> No, it's true. The amount of work they do is bachelor of something they should call when they are living in school. Not work. Not school start. The course content. University boys don't do it. Anyway, I told my children. So I said, all these people are doing, I said, don't worry. That is the season. It's the season of preparation for a next season. I said, don't worry about it. That what God is doing, we're learning that from John the Baptist. That God is using this to prepare you for a season. You may not know what's in that season. That's, that's, what, that's what we're talking about. But you know what? He has planned it. I'm 100% convinced. That's why, I, that's why I can be very relaxed. Sometimes I tell my wife, the other day I sat at her and said, baby, let me teach you something on relax. Don't worry about these kids. They don't wake up. They have to finish. I said, relax. That the one she did one day. When she plotted for them how they would read, I said, not in this house. In Jesus' name, not in this house. They will come to school, they will sleep, they will wake up, they will not then, then, they now wake up at 3 a.m. For what? <laughs> Any child that has not woken up at 3 a.m. to pray must not wake up at 3 a.m. to do assignment. In Jesus' name, amen. That's why I reason. My wife is a very diligent mother. If my wife grab your children, eh? hmm. they will line up. <laughs> they will line up. That's what I said, lie, lie. Everybody go to sleep. One day, she got up. Where are you going? He said, Ben Kassai, she wake him up. What is the time? 2 a.m. You, come back to this bed. God bless you. Ben woke up in the morning. Mommy didn't wake me up. I said, yes. I told her not to wake you up. The boy front, like, dropped him in school. When I was dropping him, I said, smile now. You know, smiling in my house has two reasons. (laughs) 
The first reason is because you are happy. The second reason I do that a lot is because I instructed. That I want to drop him in school. I was say that his mother did not wake him up at 2 a.m. to finish work in GS3. Or Sanobua. In GS3. No, I'm not agree. This is not part of my message, but I'm mounting a public protest. <laughs> I refuse. If they make me miss out of education, ah! Every afternoon at football, every school. <laughs> I know what I'm telling you. If you don't have a football field, I close your school, secondary school. Every afternoon, once I, I'll come and inspect myself. Two o'clock, everybody's out. Hey, tapping soccer. All of you must be able to dribble. I can't you be reading from morning till night. Anyway, let's get back to our message anyway. <laughs> so I told my wife, I said, listen, don't worry about the children. Where they will get to, they will get there. They, they are not children of accident. They are children of purpose. Before you conceive them, God wrote, this is where he's going, this is where she's going. So when we just maintain our basic faithfulness, and of course, like I always emphasize, they have different speeds as they do their things. They won't attain the same thing at the same age. There's no competition. Each person is on his or her own lane. Let's just relax. If I teach you 2 plus 2 to get today, you don't know it, I'll teach it again tomorrow. Eventually you will learn it. We'll just take it bit by bit. What, what I'm trying to emphasize is that, look, these destinies were decided by God, not by us. What we need to do is learn to cooperate with him. Each season he gives somebody something to do. So I told my children that they say, this season you are in, the children are preparing. The season of preparing. The season of learning. The season, I said, don't be discouraged. There's a lot of work. I'm not saying, they, I mean, they shouldn't work. You know, sometimes I think the work can be excessive, but I just said, look, relax. Don't worry yourself. Just enjoy it. Know it is a season. God will not leave you idle. Every one of us, know, even if you don't have work right now, God has given you something to do. Just don't realize it. Every morning, you don't go out for interview. You've done interview twice or three times a week for the last six months. Nothing has come out of it. Should I give my personal advice? Don't worry again. You've done enough interview to, to become MD of uh, Dangote Refinery. Don't worry. The interview is enough. I'm not joking, no. Next interview, they call you, say, I'm busy. Reply them very nicely. Thank you for the offer, but the date you have chosen will not be convenient for me because I'm occupied. He said, Pastor, what am I occupied doing? That's what I want to tell you. You did not know before. Why did God keep you going for six months? Nothing came out of it. Because what you need now is not that job. Most likely the assignment he gave you does not need an interview. You are running away from it. I don't know what I get what I said. Yes. What is that assignment? I don't know. It's likely to be somewhere, something around your house. For some people, it's not a work. It's, well, it's, it's something to keep you busy, but it's, it's learning. There's something you are supposed to learn. For some people, that's what it is. There's something you are supposed to learn. You know, many of us got university degrees and we don't know the subject. Oh my, I don't know what I was when I was in the American, I was in the American embassy. And that was my interview or somebody was telling me about it. Because I heard in the American embassy, a man came, said he's going for some one conference in America. What are you saying? You're an economist. He said, define uh, economic uh, recession. The interviewing officer just said, economic recession. What, what does it mean for economy to be in recession? 
Maybe you say you're an economist. Many of us got BSc in economics. We can't define, we don't understand what they say, economy is in recession. We have BSc in economics, we are still wondering why Nigeria is not printing Naira. BSc in economics, still wondering. Are, no, see, I know what I'm telling you. Sometimes for people, what God is just saying is that, look, you don't know anything. If I give you a job, you will disgrace me after you have finished disgracing yourself. And then I can't promote you. You are going to be hooked in a place where you can't move beyond this level ever. So I won't give you a job. You have a BSc in computer science. You've never written a code in your life. And you're applying for work. You've never coded anything. And you have a BSc in computer science. God said, if you were the boss, will you employ you? And he's not angry. All of us have sinned. I'm conscious of the glory of knowledge. Amen? So God said, I'm not angry. So what do you do? Go online. Register for a coding course. Because you have some background knowledge, you should be able to pick up to a high level within one year. Now, you are going to code morning, afternoon, and night. And I don't want some boys in the Kedja outperforming you. They've not gone to the kind of school you've gone to. So that's why you have been looking for work. And I say, no. There are so many places, free courses, some you pay. I didn't, God said, just sit down, get books, buy used books, download free books. And I'm giving you the next one year to get your bachelor's of science in that computer science. I don't mean that paper they give you from school. The one that is up here. So that when you talk, I told you when I was serving, to the glory of God, after you said, one of my friends said, he had a bachelor's in theology. He told me, he said, this man, you challenged me to read my Bible. I went to NYSC with a bachelor's in medicine and bachelor's in surgery. He had a bachelor's in theology. When I will engage this man on scriptures. Ha! One day he told me, he said, ha. He wrote me a letter. He said, he's a lecturer now in UI, in theology. He said, you challenged me to read the scriptures. I didn't have a bachelor's in anything that is in that area. But when we were in school, reading Bible was our life. During my house job, reading script, it was life. So I now met a man with a bachelor's in theology. The man said, ah, Nazoebi. What am I going to say? You come out of school with a bachelor's in computer science. You can't code. You can't, you can't write a program from beginning to the end. Meanwhile, small boys, who are just long back. They just registered online. They're already coding robots. They're already doing things. And you're going around with the BSc. God said, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Hmm? But enough of disgracing each other. Hmm? Stop disgracing me and yourself. So what you will do, I'm going to give you the next 12 months, 18 months. But what about hunger? Don't worry. There's one class where they are doing evening lesson. For boys trying to take care uh, you know, GCE, go there. You will teach them mathematics, physics, and chemistry. With that, you have enough money to buy food and buy small recharge card so that you can go online. I will, I will have somebody dash you a used Android phone. Don't worry about it. Don't buy a new one. You will see one old computer. Don't worry. Just, <laughs> just be, that is just 18 months. At the end of 18 months, at the end of 18 months, look, one of our brothers, in fact, I, I, I promise I'll talk to him after this message. He said his brother had a third class, which is not a very good degree, is it? Okay? 
in I've forgotten which subjects, one of the science, maybe computer science, I'm not very sure. But the guy sat down and taught himself how to code. Are you getting my point? Now, Microsoft has offered him a job several days, said he doesn't like their pay, doesn't want to work for them. I'm not kidding, no, no it's somebody I know. The, his brother who's telling me this, many of you here know him very well. He said, Oga, that one day I helped my brother negotiate a deal. I told him that they can't pay you seven million. It's not good. They paid him 20. This guy had a third class. So he sat and taught himself how to code. Now Microsoft offers him a job. There are times all God is in that you are too, that look, you, you are writing an interview, you are at an interview, you don't know anything. So I'm going to make you jobless relatively for the next 18 months while I feed your head with information. So there's no, look, I think God won't leave you idle. That's the point I'm making. He will not leave you idle. He has something he wants you to do. For some people, just say, listen, listen. Yes, you've done interview six months. Did it produce anything? Nothing. Now, forget looking for a job. I want you to learn. There are people that God says, listen, you are going to be a massive real estate developer. You've come out of school with a bachelor's in engineering, structural engineering, architecture. They're not looking for work, going from office to office. Because, <laughs> oh boy, how much did they say a tipper of sand? You have no idea. This man who dig foundation, how much do they get paid? You don't have, you have, an, you don't have an idea. What is the real weight of one bag of cement? Sir? You don't know. You think it's your bachelor's I want to use? So you know what, what you're going to do? I'm going to give you a job where they pay you little, where you're going to be a site supervisor. I'm not sending you there because I can't give you an office work. But you have to know what you'll be dealing with in the future. So go there, go and buy boots, buy thick jeans, very thick, heavy ones. And then go and buy a cheap phone that they wrap in rubber. Because I found that construction people, their phone can break. All my friends who are into it, their phone is always breaking. Always. Because when they go site, they go drop. Pam. Because they just prepare yourself. Now start, start supervising the site. Argue with people who are digging. Go and see where they are bringing sand from. Learn things that they could not have taught you in school. Go and learn it. And he says, listen, I've given you the opportunity several times, but you have been feeling too big. You want to wear a suit. You want to wear a suit. You want to wear expensive clothes. Anytime they, want, they give you an offer, you don't take it. Why? It means you have to go into the open and get dirty. Listen, God will not leave you idle. I know what I'm telling you. There are many skills lacking in your life. He wants to fill those things up first before it takes to the next level. The Lord is good. I'm talking about what prayer of faith. You know, that's how I got into that. I hope you have been blessed anyway. Yes. Say it loud as well. I feel happy. Yes. Thank you. That, that second one just to encourage me. That's all. Because I'm, I'm wondering why I did what I did. I have a message for today. What's the point I was making? Prayer of faith is prayer based on what is recorded. Not based on my desires. Not the one in which I've identified something that I've locked my eyes on. And if I don't have it, everyone will not rest. That's not what prayer of faith is. No, that's not what prayer of faith is. So, under the prayer of faith, there are different types of prayers, right? And one of them is what? The prayer of agreement. And that's the one we have been looking at. So let's read this particular scripture. I just want to read this so that we can close with it. Amos chapter 3. I just want to bring a particular verse there. Let's just go down to that verse 3. He said, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? 
I like the expression in King James. It's really nice. Maybe we should just read that. Amos chapter 3 verse 3. King James says it like this. Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's what I want to bring out from there. That walking together requires agreement. Again, let's read from the book of Matthew chapter 18. We're not going to details, details on these things now because of uh, time. Let's just go to Matthew chapter 18. He said in verse 19, Again, I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about whatever they may ask, it be done for them by my Father in heaven. For whatever two or three are gathered or drawn together as my followers in my name, there I am in the midst of them. I've just read this here and there from the Amplified Bible because I had that one open. But let me read it in the, another one that's open. So I also tell you this. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers or in my name, I am there among them. We're going to pick it up from here next time. But what I just want to remind us of what we said last time, which was what I was trying to review when I just went into all of this exhortation that I was giving. Prayer of agreement is a prayer of faith. Amen? Amen. So I've established that again. It must be in accordance with that which is written. Now I said there are three levels of agreement. The first level is what? Agreeing with God. Second one is what? Agreeing with yourself. A man can be double-minded, the Bible says. And the third one is agreeing with your fellows. So, a man will agree with his wife. A friend will agree with a friend. You know, you can encourage one another. And the Bible says that if you can, if you, if you can achieve agreement, I emphasized last time, that achieving agreement is something we work you know, at. It's not just that we just join our hands and say, yes, we agree, we agree. No. Is if we can truly be in agreement, if we can truly be in agreement, tremendous power is released, especially if first of all, we come into that agreement with God. That we're very established that. Coming to agreement with God is fundamental in any prayer of faith. Which means you must know the direction in which he's reasoning. I mean, you must know what exactly he's saying about the situation. Accept his reasoning. You know, maybe for time's sake, we're not reading now. But he said in Isaiah chapter 55 that my ways are higher than your ways. He wasn't saying that. He wasn't going to say I'm bigger than you. You guys are too inferior. What he was saying is that you need to come up to that level. Are you getting my point? It was, it was, it was an invitation to come up to his level. It was an invitation to say stop thinking the way you are thinking. Start thinking the way I am thinking. That is the fundamental thing about faith. Faith is agreeing with God's reasoning. That's where prayer of agreement starts from. Like I, you know, the example I've been giving, which was what draw, that was what drew us into all the things that we're saying, is that there are definitions for things. For example, you are asking God for a blessing. What exactly is a blessing? God says it is more blessed to give than to receive. You must agree with God on that. If you say God lift me up, He says, "What do you mean by lift me up?" After all, I've said to you, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. So you cannot come to me and say, I, I need to be you know, lifted up. And you are talking about material things. And that's the primary thing you are talking about. You are not in agreement with him. You are getting the point here. You are not in agreement with him. So being in agreement with God is a fundamental thing about any kind of prayer. Is a fundamental. That's actually what we call faith. Agreeing with God. Now it's only when we have done that that we have released the power 
of agreement or the power of God into any other prayer that we are going to pray. Let's bear that in mind. We'll take it off from that point next time. Let's just rise to our feet and pray. And we'll share the grace. Let's just give the Lord thanks. Let's say, Father, we thank you. It's important we pray. Let's say, let's say to the Lord, we thank you. Thank you for what you are, you are doing in our lives, individual lives. Thank you for what you are doing in our, the church of God in this nation. Thank you for what you are doing in the nation. Lord, thank you for what you are doing in the nation. Lord, thank you because your will is being done. Let's say, Lord, thank you because your will is being done. Thank you that your people are coming into agreement with you. Say, Lord, thank you. Your people are coming into agreement with you. Agreement with God is learning his ways, knowing his ways. Thank you, Lord, because that has been executed. It's been fulfilled, accomplished in the church of God in this nation. For your own life, say, Lord, I dedicate myself again to agreeing with the Lord. Say, Lord, I receive your final word on every situation. I receive your counsel as the final word. I receive your word as the final thing in every situation. Whatever you say is final. If you say it's more blessed to give, then Lord, it is more blessed to give. If you say a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses, precisely that is what my life is. I agree with that. My life is defined not by what I possess, but by the amount of God manifested through me. Now I want us to pray. Say, ask the Lord to forgive you deeper understanding in his ways. Say, Lord, I want understanding. I want to be filled with the knowledge of your will. I declare again that I am being filled with that knowledge. So that I will not walk in darkness. So I will not walk like a blind person. So I will not speak like the ignorant. So that my speech will be seasoned with salt. In agreement with what God is saying. So that my meditations will be acceptable before the Lord. The very thoughts of my heart. The words of my mouth. Say, Lord, fill me with understanding. Lord, fill me with your insight. I ask you for that again today. And I receive it by faith in the name of Jesus. Because that's what you have promised. I will give you pastors after my heart who will fill with knowledge and with understanding. And you will desire to fill me. That's what you desire, Lord. To fill me with knowledge and to fill me with understanding. I know that's your desire. I receive it, Lord, today in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, thank you because good things are happening in our land. This country is moving forward. This country is moving forward. We know it as a matter of fact. It is moving forward. Many people want to give us the impression that it's not. But it's not true. They don't know what they are saying. We know what we are saying. We believe the counsel of God. We believe the report of the Almighty. We prayed according to His will and is hearing us. And he has heard us. And he will do greater things for us in this nation. In the name of Jesus Christ. He is setting his own man on the throne of this country. Lord, your will be done. In the name of Jesus. We trust you. We rejoice at your will. Because you are a good God. And you are the God that has the authority in his hands. You are the governor among the nations. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. All right, now let's um, share the grace in fellowship so we can go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. 
We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Please quickly bless three people around you. Say to them, this is your season. Two more people. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus. One more person. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, manifestation. One for you, the preacher. This is my season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. All right, cheer up, brethren.